Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week we watch Spy, directed by Paul Fage and released in 2015. The plot of the movie goes something like this. When the CIA's field agents are compromised, analyst Susan Cooper goes undercover to stop an illegal arms dealer selling a nuclear weapon to a terrorist. Uh, this movie is currently on in the cinemas, screening in the cinemas, so if you don't want to be spoiled, I would suggest you go see it and then come back to our review. Yes, I have never said heard the director's name said out loud before. I always thought it was Feig. There you go. You may be right. I have never. <laughs> I, never I don't think it. I've ever heard it said either. So I just assume, uh, made nope, an assumption. Sorry, didn't mean to derail you right off the bat. I've just come back from watching this like about an hour ago, and um, I loved this. this yeah, me too. So much fun. I was had a great time, and n- not just me. Jelly really liked it as well. And we were in a cinema full of like a mixed group, men and lots of men and women, and they all loved it. It was They were really into it. When I went to see it, there were a lot of older people because it was the middle of the day, and actually, they yeah, loved it. There's a group of um, older women next to me, actually, like some of them quite old, like in their 80s and some of them I younger. have the best story about this woman who was sitting three rows in front of us for the movie. Every so often, she would cackle madly at what was going on on screen and then yell out, I love it! <laughs> And, like, she kept making this running commentary on the movie and the trailers and the whole thing. I just want to adopt her and take her to every movie that I go to from now on. Oh, I can't imagine that would ever get annoying. It wasn't, like, constantly through the movie. It was only when she was, like, really, really, you know, into it. (laughs) Yeah, and also with a movie like this, it didn't really matter that much because it was, like, she was just getting really into it and it was so much fun. I totally clapped at various points as well. Yeah. I'm not exactly objective in this. No, I was it was it was right at, like a banshee. It was right at the end, so we're going into a spoiler right off the bat when uh, Melissa McCarthy wakes up in bed with Jason Statham, <laughs> and she goes, "I love it." <laughs> so happy! Oh, I just I enjoyed myself so much watching her react and, to the movie. Yeah, and then that like that post credit sequence where they crack each other up. <laughs> oh my god, that yeah, must that have been really great. fun to film. It yeah. does seem like uh, everybody's having a lot of fun with this movie. Um, coming back to Jason Statham, he was so funny in this movie. Yeah, like in the in the trailer, it seems like he's this intimidating kind of, like, opposition agent to her. But yeah. it turns out that he's just, like, an idiot. <laughs> he's just a blundering buffoon. He is, but he thinks he's the best yeah. ever. And he keeps telling these ridiculous stories of things that clearly haven't happened mm. about how great a spy he is <laughs> and how arm. terrible she's going to this be. This arm got completely ripped off and was put back in place by this arm. <laughs> I do oh, wonder how much of that was, like... 37 types of poison. Oh, was improv Yeah. Oh! <gasps> If I wouldn't be surprised. There's lots of there's lots of lines that do have that feel in this, yeah. and it's got some pretty talented comedians who would be well and truly up for it. Yeah, and Jason Statham looks like he's having the most fun ever, mm. mm-hmm. like sending up his usual persona. Oh, when he's there in the mustache and the glass <laughs> and the the wig. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Um, so- then, but then he. he Oh, sorry, I was I'm just interrupting you, but then there's this bit where he says, I once impersonated Barack Obama in front of Congress, and she goes, in blackface? That's really inappropriate. It's <laughs> yeah. just brilliant. It is. It's really, really funny, and they worked really well together. Um, I liked the whole story. So, I like, I mean, Melissa McCarthy starts out as this, like, frumpy desk agent who never gets out in the field and who's totally head over heels for Jude Law, who's her field agent that she's, like, assigned to help. And she's obviously really good at her job, but she's kind of like mousy and shy and and polite and friendly and all that sort of thing. Mm. And her best friend is Miranda. Miranda Hart. Playing Nancy. 
her shtick in this is basically Miranda from yeah, the show. She does but like what she does best. A slightly toned down Miranda for the show with more swearing. Mm. But she sort of supports Melissa McCarthy fantastically. And there was a moment at the end where I genuinely thought they were going to run off together. Yeah. Because um, they, that basically she just, the end of the movie, Melissa McCarthy goes, nope, Jude Law, no thank you, I'm going to go and have a girls' night with Miranda. Yeah, it was really sweet. I was kind of hoping once I saw Marina Baccarin show up that the three of them were going to be besties. Yeah. But Marina Baccarin had a pretty good role in the end anyway. Mm-hmm. And then Rose Byrne, like, she's the sort of main bad guy for most of the movie, and she ends up being, like, friends with the good guys <laughs> in this sort of weird way. So, I mean, the movie has terrific roles for women like the main characters are basically all women yep including their boss played by Alison Janney who was very funny fantastic and it's such an amazing movie like I I came out of it thinking um remember back to when we watched Kingsman and it was shithouse yes and it was trying to send up spy movies and deconstruct the genre and did a really bad job of it this deconstructs the genre and sends up spy movies perfectly yeah exactly I was so happy with it because Especially someone who's watched a lot of these type of movies, the more you've watched them, the more you'll be able to see all the tropes, and they they're really good at calling them out. And particularly the feminist ones, like there's um, and also we just mentioned before the bit about blackface being really inappropriate. But there's a bit where Jason Statham's character is calling everyone a twat, and his boss is like, "That is really inappropriate. Please don't do that." And so he starts calling everybody a vagina, and she's like, "No, you have to stop that." Yeah, <laughs> and like they kind of do this funny thing where they call out the bad behavior, but it's still like dirty funny. It would be nice to see more non-white people. It's a very Uh, white movie, but, you know, uh, aside from that, I mean, it it, it is really funny and it does send up the spy genre and, like, it sends up the kind of idea of what spies are supposed to be. But I think it's also also a fairly good metaphor for Melissa McCarthy's career, Mm. like, as an actress. Right. That people just kind of pigeonhole her and think she's, like, this role. So all of the, like, early disguises that she's given as, like, the cat lady Mm. and the mother of four and all of that sort of stuff is what society sees her as. Yep. And then, like, later – and she keeps trying to, like, bust out the sexy Mm. and bust out all of her cool spy moves and stuff. Mm. And she keeps trying to do that more and more and Rose burn is like you're still not getting it this is still not <laughs> yeah well there's um, there's a wonderful running thing because we talked a couple of weeks ago you you talked about this thing that you talk about all the time that melissa mccarthy doesn't make fat jokes she makes pratfall jokes right and um in in this movie we have what what she actually does is she does make fat jokes but not at the expense of fat people so she's making jokes about what it's like to move through the world as a fat woman can i just point out at no point in this movie, at any point, does anybody call her fat. No. Not no. once. The whole script is completely devoid of fat jokes. But it's like, yeah, but it, it's, it's, sent, yeah, it it's is. a factor in who she is. Yes. And how people perceive her. But it's not, she's not the butt of the joke. The f- right. Her, her, her being fat or Miranda being tall isn't the butt of the joke no, so much everybody as else's, it's yeah. everybody else's reaction to it. There's a particularly wonderful thing that I related to a lot in the um, – when they're in the – back at the spy – the CIA headquarters, mm. they're in the office and, uh, and Alice and Jenny says they need somebody invisible – and Susan's literally been sitting in the corner being invisible for, mm. like, a couple of meetings now. And it's so on point. And mm. then she stands up and says, I'll do it. And it's amazing. I related to that, too, because, like, for all of the women in the world who don't walk through life being exceptionally beautiful and attracting attention. Or, you know, being, being exceptional. <laughs> no, but also being exceptionally, like, 
you have to either be exceptionally beautiful and, and all that sort of stuff or be exceptionally hard, like yeah. Alice and Janney's kind of tough boss bitch. Boss. Yeah, exactly. Like you have to have an extraordinarily well-developed sense of, you know, of mm. um, your own confidence. and But also she's kind of mean to Susan. Mm. So, like, it's kind of implying that in order to get in the position that Alice and Janney's in, you have to be like a very specific type of person. Mm. Although interestingly, she talked about agents sniping other agents, and she's like, "I stopped that when I when I came into the job." So she did. She has sort of affected positive change in her workplace, but yeah, she is very hard, hard character. And yeah, and I think I think a lot of women relate to that because that's what we're trained to do. We're trained to be invisible. We're trained to. I really, as a person who works in government, I really relate to the sitting in a corner, not at the main table at a meeting, taking the notes. Mm. That thing where you sort of are trained into being the support staff and the you know not not the, not valued for those skills um you see it in agent carter too peggy carter the way they make her get the tea and take the notes and things yeah and then but it's also about what we expect women to be and if you're not at a certain level of attractiveness you're just not worth noticing at all mm. which they do again that's a joke that comes up again when she's in Rome and the guys yeah. drive past, whistle at the hot chicks, drive right past her and whistle at the next girls. Yeah. But then she comes out in her like new dress and the guys drive past and whistle at her and it's so cute and I love yes, it. Yes, that was just gorgeous. And it was because she did, she looked amazing. She had this cool black dress and these massive heels. Which I still don't think would actually happen, but I like that it kind of like reinforces, even though it is that thing where it's like – um it's still a really negative thing to be catcalled and stuff. Yeah, it's it but is, it is but, like. But the thing is, it, there is. It's um. I've I've got a friend who's got a visible disability, and she talks about sometimes how she wishes she would just be catcalled sometimes because when she talks with other feminists about you know catcalling is terrible, it's really annoying the way men interrupt women on the street to tell them to smile. She's like that. I never get any of that because I'm not conventionally attractive at all. And there's there is that level of privilege to being catcalled. I just think it's two sides of the same really negative coin. Mm. You're either an object of constant or you're a uh, person. Uh, no, constant um like they, they constantly want you mm. where there's no breaks or yep. you're an object that is discarded. Yeah. So like there's it you know it's awful. one or the other and they're both awful. Yeah. So yes. yeah, but it I I still just thought that was neat. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a neat little for the little way thing. it works in the movie. It was and neat. then then Peter Serafina, which is undercover Italian oh, agent. God, although he's just constantly hitting on her. And to, and and also that's I I like how that's portrayed as funny, but also negative. Like that's yeah. not acceptable, but also funny. It's funny, yeah, because he's again, it's not played out as a joke on her mm. either. It's played out like, of course, he finds her attractive. She's hot. Look at her. Yeah, but it's also played out on a, as a joke on him where he's like the butt of the joke constantly mm, and she mm, isn't. Mm-hmm. But also like the actual plot of the movie is really fun as a spy movie plot. It's a really it's well told. It's a really tight bit of storytelling. It builds really well. Mm. You see her, her character progression is fantastic. She's really well rounded. There's this wonderful little character bit where she doesn't swear very often. She'll often say like mother fudging or like she'll too just, many cricket. J- yeah, she'll just stop herself no, short too of many swearing. Christmas, I think it was something like that. And, and they're really funny, like midwesterny sounding swear words. And it kind of works on a couple of levels. It works on the level of her character used to be a teacher and then retrained as a spy. Mm-hmm. And so she has this ability to stop herself from swearing in situations. And so therefore she uses fake swear words. But it also works on the level of she's playing this Midwestern housewife who's a Mary Kay saleswoman. Yeah. It's a very clever little bit of character that just was almost unnoticeable because there's heaps of swear words throughout the movie. It's a very sweary movie. But 
the her character journey is really clear. Her the plot, the three acts are quite clear. We build to this climax, and we build to this climax, and then we build to the big climax, and it all kind of works really smoothly and is done well. Yeah, but when then when she like there's this moment at the um with Alice and Jenny and and Melissa McCarthy where Alice and Jenny is like, I don't get you. Is there some like secret because she shows her this footage of her in training where she just goes crazy and mm. like and in the um shooting house shooting gallery oh yeah house she's thing. in she's tra- yeah cia training <laughs> you know you've farm. seen it in a million vi- movies yeah. before and she like she goes crazy and starts shooting them all and then hits the, <laughs> the um agents who come in as well like mm-hmm. she's so into the training thing and and that's so different to what we see but then once she busts out that persona it's like really full on from there on mm-hmm. and then she kind of pulls that back to a more normal like susan level where she's half the mousy agent from yeah. the beginning and half the well, just, ridiculous badass mm, sexy yeah. agent and she's met somewhere in the middle because she spent so much time repressing though that side of her when she's finally allowed to let it out she just lets it out at this really high level mm-hmm. you just touched on one of my favorite things that she's really really fit and really good at fighting mm. like she runs and runs and runs and at the end, she does some crazy ass Black Widow shit where she gets up <laughs> around someone's head with her with her legs around their head. She does some amazing physical stunts and fighting. And it's although uh, the movie is always conscious of her being a fat woman, it also is very clear that she's fat and she's also fit. Mm. And like that's just how she is, and that she's perfectly capable of doing all of yeah, this, uh, all the CIA stuff. Yeah, and and also you know, there's these really neat moments. I think. She has to choose between blowing her cover and saving a bunch of people and she blows her cover Mm. and she makes that conscious decision knowing that people are not going to be happy with her for it, Mm. which I thought was really neat. There's quite a few like, and and genuine like dramatic sort of stuff that's that's in with the comedy stuff that works really well. So like as a movie, as a spy movie, it's quite fun on top of the comedy and it works really well on the character progression for everybody. Mm. Like everybody gets character growth in their little moments. And mm-hmm. also Miranda is really funny. But she, isn't she wonderful? <laughs> like, She's so cute. I'm um, so excited to see her getting these big parts as well. Yeah. There's a, there's a moment actually that's not in the movie. Cause like sometimes when I, I've seen a trailer a bunch of times, I judge where I am in a movie based on what I haven't seen yet. Mm. <laughs> do you ever do that? Cause I do that often. Sometimes. Yeah. So in this movie, I was waiting for this moment where Miranda's all sweaty and she says to Susan, I'm going to be the most together person you've ever seen. And then when she tries to step out of the elevator, she falls on her face. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. We didn't. That isn't in the movie. Yeah. Uh. So I think that was cut from just after that chase scene outside when Roseburn gets mm. her to come up to the office. Yep. And the fact that Miranda gets to use her Amber Valentine cover name <laughs> when Susan's already stolen it. Yeah. It was really funny, too. I like how Susan is really smart and thinks on her feet and knows how when to use certain skills to do things. Yeah. And she uses skills like she makes a little candle at one point and you yeah. think it's going to explode. And instead, she just bashes a guy over the back yes. of the head. Yeah. Well, uh, not just those kind of skills. Like she's clearly a highly trained agent. She can fly a plane if she needs to or yeah. a helicopter. She's very, very smart. And I love the MacGyver skills. Yeah, and I like how at the end of it, Jude Law is into her and she's like, nope, buddy, I can do better than you. <laughs> He's doing what's become a very typical Jude Law role of like skeezy. <laughs> it's weird skeezy though. It's man who's cruised by on his looks for too long. I actually think he's the worst cast person in the movie because A, his American accent is terrible. 
why does he have to be an American spy if Jason Statham can be Jason Statham and work and for the Miranda CIA? And Miranda can be English and work for the CIA. And that yeah. was, I thought that was weird too, although I didn't mind the accent. I thought he sounded a bit like Chris Pine actually when he had the accent going. I don't, yeah, I, I heard it slipping a lot. Just didn't sit right with me. I felt like there were other actors who they could get to do that role mm. who would have brought more to it. Like, I don't, I feel like he was kind of going through the motions a little bit and he wasn't really as committed to the comedy stuff as a lot of the other actors in the movie were. Mm. And it's not like he has to be a straight man or anything. Mm. I didn't feel like his scenes with Melissa McCarthy had any particular kind of good chemistry. Like, she had better chemistry with Rose Byrne than she had with Jude Law. She had better chemistry with Jason Statham than she had with Jude Law. Mm. So, I, I I don't know. Maybe it was just like, Jude Law is hot casting. Yeah, but. I have a well-documented Jude Law soft spot, so I didn't I don't dislike so him. I like Jude Law. It's just I didn't I didn't feel him in this. Mm, okay, fair enough. And it's not because he's a bad actor or anything. I just didn't feel like he was as, as, in, uh, yeah, as committed. Yeah. Like, Jason Statham was like 500% in this. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and Bobby Cannavale was like five hundred percent. you know, I, and, I've and never seen Bobby a, Cannavale not be five hundred percent committed to something. But he did a bad accent too. But it didn't bother me because yeah. he was like so committed to dripping with comedy evil. Peter Serafinowicz too. Yeah, yeah exactly. So that like you know Jude Law just didn't seem to quite step. Uh, like it was like he was slightly out of step with the other people in mm. the movie. Like when he was smarmy, he was a little bit too smarmy and not charming enough. And yeah. when he was supposed to be funny, he wasn't really funny. I I have to say at the end. When he's accompanying Rose Byrne to meet the guy she's got to meet and Melissa McCarthy saves his life, there was a point where I was like, eh, why would you bother? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you don't feel it. Like, I didn't feel that, yeah, I was like, eh, after all he's put you through, like, it's from the point where she learns that he's been, you know, sniping her and keeping her from getting out in the field. Like, she, I'm I, now thinking that Chris Pine would have been a really good person to play that role. I ship it. <laughs> it. No, seriously, but he, he has the blue eyes. He's a lot he's char- American. charming. He's a lot, he's a lot more charming funny. when being smarmy, too. Like, we've seen that in he's, Into the yeah. Woods and some other things. And, and um, Horrible too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where he can be smarmy and charming at the same time, and when she shows up to save him, you would be totally like, oh, yeah, I can see why she's mm. still saving him, even though he's been a jerk. Yeah, probably has to be someone um, older, though, because the, the idea was that he was her mentor kind of thing. It would have actually, you know, who would it would have worked with if you pulled Colin Firth onto that role. He would have worked in that. Yeah, that would have worked um, too. Yeah, it, it is interesting. I mean, a lot of this cast has worked together before. Um, Rose Byrne and Melissa McCarthy and and Rose Byrne and Bobby Cannavale have worked together before. They've all kind of worked with Paul Feig and around mm. this. Jude Laws and um, Jason Statham are the only ones who hadn't. Jason Statham was like, oh, my God, I get to work with Paul Feig and do this movie. Yeah, and you can tell that he's, he's really so excited. It works really well. Um, well, I suppose he doesn't get – like, he's – He's typecast, so when he gets a chance to like play with his typecasting, yeah, he's he's. It reminds me a little bit of like the um, Robert De Niro career reinvention thing oh, that he did. Oh yeah, went back when he actually liked being in comedies, um, and now he just does those for the money as well. But it reminded me a little bit of how like you know he he played with his own persona and it worked really rock, well at the beginning. But yeah, definitely. and the rock. I can't really remember seeing Jason Statham set himself up before now. Like he, no, I've seen yeah. him do the sort of straight spy thing. Mm. I don't. I think he might have. I feel like he's done it at some point. Well, in t- the in the Italian job, there is a lot of self consciousness around him, but it's it's not him doing the sending up as much. Yeah, I feel like he's done another comedy, but I just can't remember what it was. Mm. Although now that I've seen Spy, I'm like he should always do comedies, which is probably what the Robert yeah. De Niro thinking was that, <laughs> that got him into that position. But yeah, it just there's just this like brilliant kind of release in that role. Yeah. 
It was fun. Yeah, I um, just loved it. It was so much fun. I really like this. There's almost this like sexual chemistry between Rose Byrne and Melissa McCarthy as mm, well. Oh yeah, big time. Like uh, Rose Byrne really likes Susan mm. and she doesn't know why and it annoys her. Mm. And so she's like constantly trying to figure it out through the movie. And she has a point at which she goes, I knew the whole time. And then Jude Law comes in and reveals she, she absolutely did not know the whole time. <laughs> and there's this really neat kind of thing that like Rose Byrne's whole persona is just bluster. Mm. And like you, you buy into it as well at the beginning, but it starts to fall apart a bit. And by the end of the movie, you realize this, she can't do anything. Mm. There's nothing that this woman can do for herself. No, she's nothing. completely incompetent. Yeah. Also, I feel like this movie should come with a slight gore warning because there's a scene that comes out of nowhere that is totally unexpected where a guy's throat rots away. <laughs> yeah, but it's just one scene. I know, but it's so. I, I think that would be disturbing for some people. Yeah, no, it Like, this seems like be. a movie that, you know, you're not going to bring little kids to, but once they're, like, 13 or something, yeah. you'd be like, oh, yeah, you can go get that Melissa McCarthy movie. You know, I was watching Bond movies at, like, eight. So. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I, yeah, you were right. It is pretty gross. I don't know. I don't think I was that disturbed by it, but, yeah, I can understand why it might be. I wasn't. I laughed at it. But it just occurred to me that, like, this is something that I think younger people are going to see, but also people who go to see this movie aren't going to expect that to happen. Mm, I know. I, I was definitely got a bit of a shock from that one. I think, was it The Heat that has something similar where, like, I think it's The Heat. The Heat's where the same somebody director, gets, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think so. Mm. But, yeah, somebody gets shot and it's really, really super bloody and they have mm. to do, like, this tracheotomy or something, emergency tracheotomy. Oh, that is The Heat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it comes out of nowhere and it's really, really gross. Yeah. So, like, this is clearly something they're doing on purpose. Yeah. And I think it is a comedy thing. Like, it's so, so weird and, and out yeah. of nowhere that it makes you laugh, but it also makes you uncomfortable. Yeah. And it also sends up, like, these kinds of movies. But yeah. at the same time, it, it's it's not something that I think a lot of people who will go sit to see Spy starring Melissa McCarthy will expect to happen. Yes. I feel like Paul Feig has to have some kind of gross body thing every movie and and I'm yeah I'm I'd rather grateful. have the gore than the than yeah, the I'm other really stuff. grateful he's moved on from street diarrhea cuz yeah there is a bit where the first first time um, Melissa McCarthy's character stops a guy and she accidentally kills him by kicking he falls off a balcony and she vomits cuz she's so horrified yeah, that, that was him. see that, that was, was gross, really but, well done yeah it was gross but like so so relatable and understandable mm. like when i was talking about pitch perfect and the first throw up vomit yeah, scene doesn't bother me because yeah. i'm like yeah i totally feel that but the second one grosses me out mm. this one just has it like the right amount yeah like yeah of course you would throw up she just killed the guy for the first time ever yeah and in quite a violent fight yeah and but the, then she as immediately as she does it she's like don't fall on him and it falls on him yeah and that works as a bit of comedy whereas the the throat melting thing is a bit like oh god I, I do get it as a comedy thing because a lot of the time comedy is about getting you out of your comfort zone yep. and shocking you and surprising you. And, and at, especially at this point, a lot of the time there's not a lot you can do to shock and surprise people into that mm. kind of uncomfortable laughing. Like, mm. I don't know, sometimes I just find gore really funny. And but- so, sometimes it can be. Like, watch a Quentin Tarantino movie that's just blood-soaked and it works. Yeah. But I just think it's – it, and I don't – begrudge the movie this part of it like mm. it's i think it's fine i feel like it it should have a warning label on it because yeah. i think that could be upsetting for some people yeah. Yeah. also i can't wait until the point uh, in time at which melissa mccarthy and rose Byrne have done so many of these kinds of movies that they swap roles <laughs> yes 
Because you know it always happens, right? Yeah. And eventually they're going to have a movie where Rose Byrne is like super frumpy and like dowdy, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then Melissa McCarthy is going to be like the sex pot who has everything. Yeah. I do love how um, Rose Byrne's constantly sniping at Melissa McCarthy for her clothes, but she actually gets she gets her own back because clearly Rose Byrne is, doesn't know how to dress herself. She does. She wears the most – you slutty dolphin trainer. She wears the most insane suits that are just weird, and she has this thing growing out of the top of her head. <laughs> that they make fun of so often. Yeah, but, but it's sort of this even, even – um, like – body shaming of one another because they you know they both have issues in each other's eyes yeah i mean but it's also uh, rose burns i just think rose burns character is so interesting Mm. it is really interesting like it's not it's such an unusual character her Mm. her i can't remember the character's name but she's so strange that she's like she's this daughter of a criminal but she's not really a criminal criminal herself Mm. she's just trying really hard to be (laughs) like it it, and especially since it sets her up as the killer of jude law and we find out later that jude law has actually gone undercover and is not dead yeah so and then we think that's a betrayal and so it's really full of neat little twists and stuff Mm. um and it was actually marina baccarin betraying them and yeah but Marina Baccarin's never, like, mean to anybody as well. Oh, no. Which they could have fallen into that stereotype really easily. That scene has a really good um, – has a really good – again, it's one of those things about going through the world as a non-beautiful, non-harsh woman thing where, where Melissa McCarthy and Miranda are out for a drink and they just can't get the attention of the bartender, he won't talk to them, and then she just sort of swans in and he remembers her name and, he, and they are bitching about it because they're like, oh, of course she just does this and she doesn't even know. She's and she doesn't never, know. I bet she doesn't know who we are. I bet she doesn't remember us. Yeah, and she remembers their names. She she's friendly and kind and polite mm. and and even when but even when Susan comes up and like Marina's character's been trying to kill her mm. and Susan comes up and she's like, oh yeah, I remember you. How's it going? Yeah, <laughs> she's great. I like that sort of, I guess, humanizing element. I don't think the action scenes are as well shot as they could have been. Um, I also felt like the ending was a little too Twenty Two Jump Street. Like, why is it always helicopters and dropping things into stuff, into water? And I mean, it just, like, as funny as it was to have 50 Cent pull up. There's this whole thing about Miranda and 50 Cent that's hilarious. And she goes, oh, it's the 50 Cent piece. I just shot a man. Yeah. Um, But then he pops up behind her. Oh, it's very funny. But at the same time, like, I just, uh, I think... Comedy directors often, when they do action, have very stock ideas in yeah. mind. And sometimes there's like comedy bits in there that work really well, like when she goes over the jump and then is stuck in the concrete. But a lot of it, it's very, I felt like the action scenes were a little bit pedestrian. Yep. Like you should get an action consultant in, like next time get George Miller to come in and tell you how to do there a car chase. There was one that was done really effectively where she's dry, she steals this brand new BMW to drive up to the house oh, where yeah, the that big finale comes and we see the BMW smash into a tree. And then they find the BMW and we see that she's rigged it to, to drive without her and she snuck off somewhere else. I thought that was quite well done. I don't think that's really an action scene, though. That's like her <laughs> no. being smart again, yeah. rather. Like, I'm, I'm oh, talking it's, about it's the a, actual. It's the, it's the moment of the crash as much as anything. Yeah. That was quite effectively done. And the fighting at the end where she pulls out the Black Widow stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But, I but just you're, think... you're right, though. The, the helicopters, planes, tall buildings, they like to dangle people off things. And there's a, it's like there's a checklist. Mm. Like we need a car chase, we need a boat chase, we need a helicopter chase, we need this, this, this. Like, mm. and there's not a um. And and I I mean I know they're directors in different styles and stuff, but it would be nice if they had like a consultant on to 
kind of tell them how to do that. Because yeah. it's actually quite a nicely shot movie in a lot of ways. There's some really nice sweeping, you know, vista shots and, mm. and it plays into all this great stuff. The opening credits are very Bondian. Oh, the, the closing credits yeah. are hilarious. They, it goes through all her different assignments and cover stories. Oh, my gosh, they're you missed the credits. Well, maybe them. somebody just left before the credits and then, you know, might, yep. we might tell them to when they get it on DVD or whatever, mm-hmm. watch it again and then stick around for the credits because they're funny. Mm-hmm. And there's a post-credit scene that's funny. Yes. And um, a post-post-credit, like right at the very end credit scene. Yeah, don't, that's don't not do a that scene, thing though. That's again. an outtake. Yeah. And Jason Statham just, like, cracks up. Also, I'm fairly certain that there's two or three points in the movie where one of the actors was breaking so hard that they couldn't get a clean edit of it uh. or clean a clean cut of it and, like, just put the actor starting to laugh in the movie. Because I saw it with Jude Law once and I'm pretty sure I saw it with Jason <laughs> Statham once where, like, his whole jaw kind of tightened up and it looks like he was trying not to laugh. Um, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure Jude Law actually, like, turns his head and laughs at one point. Because that I remember, like, towards the end somewhere, which is something that I always really like. Yeah. Happy Endings used to have that happen quite often with the guest stars on that. They couldn't quite cope with the uh, – especially when there's a lot of improv, mm. so they don't know what's going to happen, and somebody mm. will pull something out and they're just like, they can't. Yeah, I've been in productions where I've have been with really good improvisers and I always crack, and I, I'm, so I feel bad. I'm like, oh. Because I'm hopeless at it. Because especially when, when you're with someone who's really funny. But it's always I've really entertaining it. to see when they can't even get a shot of it where the yeah. person isn't laughing. Well, yeah, you'd think you know after a few takes. You'd yeah, be used but that's to the it. thing is when they arrange your these, face, especially with the improv heavy or like physical comedy heavy things yeah. where like there's more kind of room for mm-hmm. a different interpretation of what's going to happen. You often find that that yeah. people won't be able to keep it together especially like keep be- keep- Jude Laura and um and Jason Statham are kind of beginners in this genre exactly yeah. um but also um you know have you seen the Keegan-Michael Key anger translator thing for, oh yeah 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 yes. yeah for Obama um there's a there's a rehearsal thing of that and Obama couldn't keep a straight face yeah well because like, he he's a normal like, person I know but yeah. it's, you know he's not used to the whole yeah it, it it is something that like yeah and Jude Laura and, and Jason said yes. wouldn't be as used to it. I always like it. It really entertains me when I see people actually <laughs> cracking up in a movie like while yeah. they're supposed to be in character. So, yeah. Uh, do we want to give it ratings? Uh, yeah. I do, I, I'm trying to work out what to give it because I kind of just love it. And I've given, I've had, we've had a couple of really good movies that I've given four stars to over the last couple of weeks, but I kind of, I don't know, maybe it's as a four and a half. See, I'm going to give it four, but I also think. The last three movies that we've done on this podcast in a row yeah. are Pitch Perfect 2, Fury Road, mm-hmm. and Spy. They're all out right now. Every single one of them has a female lead. They all have fantastic roles for women and, like, not they all pass the best gel test with flying, flying colours, like, mm-hmm. very, very easily and just, you know, leave it in the dust. They all have these really, really – and they're all really fun and blockbustery and are making lots of money. Yeah, like – Fury Road less than we would have hoped. But, but they're all genuinely great movies, and also they happen to have really strong female casts. Yeah, I've stopped using the phrase "happen to have" because, yeah, uh, um, doesn't matter. <laughs> I'll talk about that some other. Yeah, time no, no, that's, doing the that's fine. I, but um, they're all kind of they all have really broad appeal. Yeah, like, but it's like, and and this is you know, it, it's kind of hopeful that we might be moving more in this direction. But they're all out right now. How great is it? I to know be going to the movies gives at the me moment? hope. But even like, there seems to be some sort of. There's a one out with um, us the trailer for before this one with Reese Witherspoon and Sophia Vergara. Hot Pursuit. Yeah, which it's kind of like a you know 
poor man's version of the heat, but it looks fun and silly and it's, entertaining. Yeah, it's kind of like more like heat bit of comedy. Yeah. You know, like because they're on yeah. opposite sides. Yeah. But it does um Yeah, it's a it, but buddy cop kind of comedy. It's just it looks, the name of it annoys of, me. Well. There's another one coming out as well with Haley Steinfeld about these girls who are in a spy school and they escape and that has a really appalling name. And the movie looks like fun, but the title is so terrible. And it also has Samuel L. Jackson as their trainer at the spy school. Um and I can't remember there's another girl who's like a main girl in it. Teenager Sansa. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Sophie um, Turner. Those two and, and Samuel L. Jackson. And it just looks really delightful and the title really puts me off. And Hot Pursuit is similar. Like, the trailers don't even look like they're overly sexualizing these women. So why are you calling them these awful, awful oh, titles? Oh, God. It's called Barely Lethal. See? Isn't Ew, it horrible? that's so gross. And yet the trailer for it is adorable. Yeah, and the trailer for the um Hot Pursuit was really cute and funny as well. I think it'd actually be a decent you know, probably three-star film. Yeah, like, can we just not give them these horrible, horrible titles? Like, if they were all dudes, would you be calling the movie this? Mm. No. No, you would not. You would be calling it something cool, Yeah, like Kingsman. Um, then again, Spy is not exactly the best Well, it was supposed to be called ever. Susan Cooper. And then That's they also it. not entirely the yeah. best. No, I feel like Spy is better than Susan Cooper, but it is very generic. So, like, even Googling it, you've got to be like, Spy, the movie, 2015. Yeah. Yeah, when I went to look up Spy poster, like, it came up with a whole bunch of other stuff as well as this one. Yeah. Um. Okay, so uh, thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, if you would like to get in contact with us or read our show notes or any of that sort of stuff, you can do so. Um, the show notes are on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. We are on Twitter at screen underscore queens. We're on Facebook, if you look for us, Silver Screen Queens. Um, we're on Tumblr, which is tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com. And you can read my review of Spy or any of the other movies that I watch at silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. I'm sort of nearly caught up at the moment, so <laughs> I'm not doing too badly. And please, please, if you like what we do and if you're enjoying the podcast, please rate and review us on iTunes. Thank you. See you next time. Bye. Bye.